five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, fighting for mail and direct marketing every day. And let's start off with some fun. This is from the drums, 100 best ads of all time, which I think I'm going to enjoy for a long time. Anyway, here we go. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll remember some of it. I do. Mr. Turtle, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? I never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, two, three, three. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. Okay, there you go. You know, that owl is definitely a consultant type. You know, the the uh, the tortoise is more like me, just admits, I don't know the answer, call somebody else. That gives him somebody to call, refers him over to the owl. The owl, that sneaky, sneaky owl, said, let's test it. Now, here's the part you may not know. You probably don't, right? But um, let's see what we got here. Got to get. I got to get to a different window. Let's close that one up. Where are we anyway? Oh, I know where we are. There we go. Okay. So, what you don't know is that this particular, this particular uh, commercial, they actually did a study. So here we go. Tootsie commissioned a genuine study that found that it takes 364 licks. So if you did one a day, you could go for a year before you hit the center. That doesn't sound right to me. Who in their right mind licks a Tootsie Pop anyway? You put it in your mouth. It fits very nicely between your tongue and the roof of your mouth, and you suck on it until you get to the close enough to the center you can bite it. So, as usual, I have to give you the rest of the story but anyway that's that's enough of that let's get over here okay I wanted to talk about Matthew Parker's article excellent article why are print salespeople surprised when a buyer asks for a reduction you know buyers are always asking for reductions you should be surprised when they don't ask for a reduction okay and the print salesman is unsure what to say, or they give an immediate reduction. Immediately give a reduction. Okay. And so preparation is one of the keys. We did a project for Quad Graphics years ago. They picked us from all of the database companies in the world. Bud Shea did a study, and that's how I met Bud Shea. And we've been friends ever since. He did a study and found out that of all the of all the database companies in the world, they should have have our company work with their with their clients, their catalog clients, and teach them about modeling and segmentation. So anyway, we we did a project for farm for uh, Plow and Hearth, and there was a couple of constraints. One was that I wasn't allowed to uh, go along. It had to be a, a tool 
that the salespeople could use on their own. So, um, so I so we profiled the Plownhart data, and we I personally observed that they that they had a real hole in their customer file in the in the sort of deep south, and I also noticed that they were putting like snow-covered cabins on their covers in the winter. And I said, you know, you might want to personalize this a little more to the Deep South. Um, we can show you the SCFs, that, that's three-digit zip codes, that um, you could do. And, and immediately they bought into it and Quad had a, a client using their um, demo bind, which is what they called it in those days. So anyway, I called the salesperson after the little stint and I said how did it go and she said oh it was amazing she said I've been calling on them for like seven years and I've never talked to the marketing department I only get sent to the purchasing department and they always want a lower price and that's all they ever ask for is give us a lower price give us a lower price so with your tool I said to the marketing people hey we've got something to show you we took your data your mail and this was done just from mail tape data um, we took your mailing data and we did a little analysis and would you like to see it? And so they ushered me in. The VP of marketing was there and the director of marketing and the director of circulation. And we put it up on the graph and they just went, you know, berserk. They just had all these theories about the data and all that stuff. And um, right away they signed up for more services. So there are things you can do that are pretty simple. And um, that preparation does make all the difference. Uh the other thing is that you can also be ready with alternative specifications. You know, I got this in the mail yesterday. Let's pull this up. This is a, I was wondering about Dell and are they even still in business? And Dell sent me this. Now it's, I can tell there's more in it, but I can't figure out how to open it. So this must be the way. It looks like it's the way. So I ripped down the side. Oh, and then think is this right it's glued there no this comes apart I just destroyed this mailing piece obviously not in the sequence they wanted it not that it matters a whole lot um, but I can look at it later it's all wrapped it's all ripped up I don't really think much of this format because I can't tell where it opens and I honestly couldn't and I would have taken a knife to it but took this instead but it was nice to know that Dell is still in business they but this is not you know, it's not a worthy mailer. And if you're trying to get people to your site, like here's here's just the outside. The outside, no QR code to take me to your site. You know, there should be a QR code on every item, okay? Because I saw this cool laptop for under $1,000. I don't know if it runs on runs Linux. But I'd like to know that. Anyway, Dell, if you're listening, nice mailer. Alternative spec, you know, the catalog was too expensive, so we created that thing, which I don't think much of. Anyway, a lot you can do, and there's a link in the article to the to the print industry negotiation handbook right here. Oops, got to show you the thing again. Right here, there's a link in the article, and so go for it. If you can see it down there. Okay, now I want to get to Stephen Yu. <clears throat> I had a devil of a time getting my hands on this, and uh, and I talked to David Kaplan, and he told me try again. I think it's working now. So, yes, it was after a, a, about an hour of clicking and trying to do backdoor stunts to get at this article. But 
Stephen U. rightly illustrates or talks about levels of personalization from reactive to holistic. And so first he says, you know, what about when the customer actually, you know, tells us what they want? Okay, and most websites don't do a very good job of this. You know, I, I wear basically the same size as I've worn for 20 or 30 years. Maybe a little more generous now, but, you know, I went tried on shorts. I needed some cutoffs, and I tried the 36. Thought it'd be more comfy, but it's way too big. So I'm back in my 34s, but I found some more comfortable 34s. Than, not all the 34s are created equal. Uh, that's the waste, for those of you who don't do men's fashion. Anyway, so what if... so. So imagine a, 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 a customer walks in and says, I want workout shoes. And the salesperson set, takes them to the workout shoes. What an idea, right? First level of personalization. They told us what they wanted. Can we get them there? <clears throat> when Land's End first built their website, they had, a, they had a way that you could actually set up your prone profile and you could see the stuff that was your size. What an idea. And even worked in the sale items. So I set up, told them my size, and I said, now what's on sale? And I picked a bunch of stuff out, and I bought a bunch of stuff. And then some geniuses decided that that was, I don't know, maybe it was too easy for customers. And so they made it so that you had to search. You tell it what you wanted. I want workout shoes, or I want deck, deck shoes, and I want dockers and uh, shorts. And then you'd have to wade through the sizes and the colors. You worked your way from item to more specific item. And then you'd always have to put in your, your, your size again. And to this day, I think it's still that way. I, I will see. But great tip. Let the customer tell you what they want. You know, North American Fishing Club said, let's, let's hire John to do a model to pick the fishermen what kind of fish you fish for by zip code. Because I told them that when I joined the club, I didn't get any books. They said they always send books. And it was because they sent me a walleye book. And I hate fishing for walleye. <clears throat> Great eating. But they just sit there. They're like pulling in a branch that you hooked on the bottom. They don't fight. You hoist them into the boat. Big, little, didn't make much difference. I was pretty good at catching walleyes because I'm a very sensitive fisherman. But no fun. So they said, well, what do you fish for? What, what do people in your zip code fish for? And I thought, well, there's one guy at the end of my driveway, and he drives all the way to Lake Erie to fish for a walleye, and he drives to Canada to fish for a walleye. I like fishing for snook in West Florida. Another guy in my same zip code on the other side, the neighbor, flies to Costa Rica and likes to fish on the west side of Costa Rica, deep sea fishing. All same zip code. All like to fish outside our zip code. <clears throat> I said, it doesn't work. Here's an idea. When they join, why don't you ask them what they like to fish for? <laughs> you know, just say, which of these fish do you most like to fish for? Bass? Walleye? Trout? You know, what is it? And they did that. And, you know, then they went to cheap mailers and went out of business. They're amazing. Went out of business. You know, Sports Illustrated, I've told you time after time after time, they don't let me rule out sports. In segmentation, it's almost as important to say, what am I not interested in 
as what I'm interested in. And for modeling, it's way easier to model something I'm not interested in than something I'm interested in. I don't even know my interests, right? I don't know when I'm looking for a car, the next car. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the future will hold, what the next thing I'm looking for is. But I can tell you a lot of things I'm not interested in, right? Okay, women's workout shoes. If Sports Illustrated would just say, are you interested in, you know, women's basketball, professional basketball? Or, I mean, I can think of 20 of the sports they put up in front of me that I'm not interested in. I'm not even interested in the NBA unless the Milwaukee Bucks are in the playoffs. So just because I'm interested in a, in a person like Bubba Watson or in a team doesn't mean I'm interested in that sport. Not really. Isn't that funny? All they have to do is ask. I'd be happy to give it to them, but they don't ever ask. So the first level of personalization is what do they tell us they're interested in? And after that, you might start with upsell and cross-sell. And because we don't really know what we're interested in, a general nudging is quite highly likely quite good enough. Plus, as he rightly puts out, points out, the few people who left any information are going to be bombarded if you're not careful because probably only 5 to 10% of customers leave any detail. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Wonderful article by Stephen Yu, as always, um, and it's shorter than a lot of them. Um, he talks about personas. I all, Myself, I always think about it as a market, and my definition of market is very simple. It's people that you can tell the same story to, right? So it's all the people interested in the NBA basketball or all the people interested in workouts or whatever it is, you know, and they overlap and they intersect. Yes. You don't have to think too hard on, especially if you can get actual interest information. But this illustrates the problem. Interest information is very, very difficult to come by, right? Easier to ask. Just keep asking. Every time we log on, ask them. But especially, what am I not interested in? Because that is unlikely to change very much. You say, but then they'd be missing so much of our content. So what? It's just getting in your way, right? So he says, maybe start with, he said, I've seen people with, with hundreds of personas. Schizophrenic. You can't write... You can't write creative for hundreds of different offers. It doesn't work. Think about a marketing story we can tell, you know, everybody. It's like they call up and they want some fishing item. Cross-sell and upsell is the best example. You know, the first time I ordered from Cabela's, they said, would you like to hear this week's special? You know, and it was a fishing special. Nothing too hard about this. I'm interested in fishing, and they can tell me the story. I don't have to buy but they can tell me the story. I'm interested in the story. They asked the permission. I said, sure. And it was five crankbaits for $10 or something on special. It was grouped, which is better than one crankbait for $2. Plus, I don't have to make a decision. Plus, I was on the phone. Excellent. Excellent. And I bought it because I know crankbaits are at least five bucks a piece, or at the time, they're probably 10 bucks a piece now. So, you know, even three or four. But more importantly, Think of what can we cross-sell or upsell to this group. Big, and the groups are bigger for cross-sell and upsell. Think about a good deal. Think about who can we tell the story to. Save you a lot of money in modeling. I've saved myself hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales <laughs> just by 
suggesting that you ask your customers. I'm John Miglosh. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.